The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Okay. Now and then. The only time I'll ever get to ask my mother, do you want to hear a new Beatles song? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I was actually... What a world. What a world. It was very... It was rather surreal. But it happened. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and it wasn't a surprise, but yeah, it was... I couldn't believe it either. Here we are in the year of our Lord, 2023. That's Just true. having completed a Beatles podcast where we went through every song. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Oh, I'm afraid there is more. <laughs> uh, speaking of now and then, it's um, it's strange to talk about a Beatles song I haven't heard at the very least 500 times as a sort of base. 500 is a uh, conservative estimate, by the way. Um, but I'll soldier on through. I'm a professional. Um, I'll start with what I like about it. Uh, it has an underlying sadness to it. Uh, with all the technology in the world, they couldn't or they didn't change John's dark piano chords. Or maybe he was working the pedals overtime there. Whatever it is, both the original demo and the reworked version is a love song that sounds lugubrious. The effect is it sounds like a song about dependency. It sounds like John is singing that he needs Yoko or Paul or his mother Julia too much and his life depends on it in an unhealthy way. I also do like that they cut the length of the demo down. It was originally like five mm-hmm. and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't like is there wasn't much surprise to it. It feels like they made the same moves with Free as a Bird and Real Love. Um, formulaic is probably the word I mean. And, you know, also the choruses sound like bridges. To me, there isn't a chorus at all, which is fine sometimes, but not when the song thinks it has a chorus. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of have to consider the source material here. Like, it is a pretty rough piano demo. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, all things considered, did a lot with very little... (laughs) In a huge way. And they, they would not have been able to do that in 95. Right. With, one, the attention of all three, all three members, surviving members of the band, and two, the technology. So I think you make, like, you make a very good point about, about the courses, about the bridges, and like, what you're taking away from it. Uh, but my thoughts about it are pretty similar to how I felt about like, the Threedle songs that were released on Anthology. Mm-hmm. Like, overall, it's just like, it's very nice that we even have this at all. Oh, sure. Like, it's just like, it's, I don't want to be like dramatic being like, it's, it's manna from heaven, but it's like, it's just cool that, wow, okay. They're still here. In the same month, we got a new Rolling Stones record, and then everyone forgot about it because there's one single Beatles song. Yeah. Ain't that just the way? And and when you think about, like, Ringo's like, I don't know why it's not out yet, and then they put it out right after, the week after the Rolling Stones put out their album. That's pretty interesting. That's why. (laughs) That Bar Blues Uh, band. 
That's all they are. And McCartney's on it too. He is like, on it. Let's... I what is what is Mick Jagger thinking? Uh, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me several times. His self-esteem must be shattered. Should do be. You were talking. <laughs> yeah. I like that was a good joke. Um, nah. Anyway, I think about I, what I think is like the story about how it all came together and the new technology that was used to clean up a very poor quality cassette demo mm-hmm. is more what I'm taking from this song, like more than anything else, to be honest. Because, you know, it's a bit of a dour, late period Lennon song, but it's gussied up to sound like a current day McCartney song. Mm. I think the strings, the string arrangement, like does a lot of the heavy lifting on this track to make it feel like it's a complete song as opposed to just the sketch that it was delivered to the band as. Um, What is unclear to me, though, is what George's actual contribution was to this, because it's not obvious in any way. I know. I know. You know? Yes. Okay. Please tell me, because I'm so clueless. I was very curious myself, Um, and we'll get to what George thought of the song, maybe. Um, Yeah. So there was a, I think, a 12-minute documentary that came out the day before uh, the single was released. And yep. it said Paul played the solo, but it was, yep. was George-inspired. He played the solo. He didn't do the, the, uh, what he did in Real Love, because apparently during the Real Love sessions, Paul at first thought, oh, no, it's my sweet Lord again. <laughs> but he, he toned it down. So he just did a like a regular... You know, not too accented uh, George slide guitar thing. Um, Mm -hmm. George, I think, ultimately, they only spent an afternoon in 1995 on it. And I think George, there's rhythm guitar that George played that's buried in, you know, the the orchestral, the whole shebang. A bunch of 2023 uh, stuff. So it's, it's it's rather minimal. But George is technically on there, and it's technically yeah, all no, four it's, Beatles, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, as I, like from watching that 12-minute documentary that came out, which if, you know, if you're listening and haven't watched it, you really should. It's, it's, it was enlightening to me uh, to see what they were doing. Um, he was playing an acoustic guitar in time with the music, so I assumed that I, that was my assumption. Other people have said, no, he has like a like an electric guitar part in there that's not the solo. It's like, okay, well, I just I just wish I knew or like in that documentary, like they like mentioned what his contribution was besides that he was there that day when they tried it and then stopped working on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know, that's but that's what Paul has done this entire time, especially in like you know, in the past 20 30 years where he's become like the Beatles historian in a way he's mm-hmm. like he's he's as you've put it before disnified it where and literally they're on Disney now a whole lot yeah that's just what he does mm-hmm. that's that's pure McCartney he's writing wrongs you know yeah like let it be naked and all that stuff right uh, and if he if he doesn't do it nobody would that's the other thing. I mean that's true. You sometimes someone has to. I mean, as we saw with that movie, like someone has to take the lead. Since and the summer of '67, when Brian Epstein died, he's been the boss. 
And that's yep. why <laughs> that's why only Ringo likes him. Uh, well, today there's only Ringo. But, today, yeah. yeah. Um, so not then, but now. Yes. So, folks, <laughs> this this song. Let's let's go over to the basics here. Uh, the producers were Paul McCartney and Giles Martin, uh, mm-hmm. Sir George Martin's son. Uh, Jeff Lynne got additional production credit for his work back in 1995. And Jeff Emmerich was one of the, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven engineers credited on this one. It's not bad since Mr. Emmerich has uh, not been with us for 15 years, I think, something like that. Um, and Paul and Giles Martin and Ben Foster got credit for the string arrangement. And, and Beatles tradition, uh, the... <laughs> The, the the actual instrument instrumentalists are not credited as far as I know. And they thought it was just gonna be a McCartney song, which That's right. Uh, and I, I that was gonna say that was the funniest thing about the documentary, because I was thinking, oh, this Paul thing that if they if classical musicians to this day think they're playing on a Beatles record, they're not gonna take it seriously and get upset. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. He he told them, uh, I for, and I forget his actual reasoning for it. Uh, well, because he didn't want to have something that said it's a Beatles song sitting on the stand. Because let's say I don't know if you or I were sitting at in the, in the Capitol Records, uh, you know, recording studio in in Los Angeles, and saw like now and then the Beatles, we'd be like, oh, okay. Oh shit. Here's an end. Here's an NDA. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, that, I mean, that would make me clam up. That's a good I'm point. I'm just, I mean, playing a McCartney song in general would make me clam up, but a Beatles mm-hmm. song, like, that's, that's, that's very weighty. He, they gotta carry that weight for however, however long. I miss doing this pod. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're not. <laughs> I forgot if, I forget that sometimes you don't actually laugh at the joke. You just say, that's funny. <laughs> it's like, wait, was it funny? I don't know. What's the Tom Sharpling thing where he's like, that's very funny. That's funny. That's uh, Mandy Moore's character on Scrubs. That's what I remember. She always said, that's so funny, instead of laughing. And then uh, he made her cry. Uh, Zach Braff made her cry. And then he said, that's interesting. She's not saying I'm sad. She's actually crying. And his friend said, you're an idiot. He goes, I know. Anyway. In January 1994, Yoko gave Paul two cassettes of John Lennon's home recordings, which included a number of incomplete and previously unreleased songs they included Free as a Bird, Real Love, Grow Old With Me, and Now and Then. We know the story about the first two, Grow Old With Me, they decided that's too personal and they're not going to do it, and then Now and Then. So June 22nd, 1994, the Three were at McCartney's studio, but work on Now and Then ceased almost immediately. Jeff Lynne said it was one day, one afternoon, really, messing with it. It was a very sweet song, and I wish we could have finished it. It didn't have a very good title, Paul McCartney conceded, but it had a beautiful verse, and it had John singing it, but George didn't want to do it. Harrison's absence adds an additional layer of uncertainty. This, is, this part is from uh, The Ringer. Uh, given that he was the one who scuttled the first attempt to finish now and then, in 1997, Paul told Q Magazine that George didn't like it. The Beatles being a democracy, we didn't do it. Fifteen years later, long after Harrison's death, McCartney said George went off it. He called it fucking rubbish. 
But those quotes are unclear. Was it, did he say it was fucking rubbish because the demo was so rough or because he disliked the song? Possibly both. A couple of years ago, Mark Cunningham, the technical musical consultant to Beatles press officer Dirk Taylor, told the Daily Beast that George Harrison told him when Cunningham had asked why the Threedles didn't record the third song, now and then, he was a real downer about it and said, I wasn't really interested. Apart from the quality, which was worse than the other two, I didn't think it was much of a song. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I kind of agree with him there. Like, just, like, listening to the demos of those three songs, like, Real Love is the most, compl- like, feels like a full thought. Mm-hmm. Free as a Bird is pretty close to being a full thought, but there's some, like, I'm going to finish these lyrics later, which then, you know, yes. George, that which they then finished, you know, as the Threedles. Fantastic. This kind of meandered, and it was pretty long, and it just, it re- felt really like a sketch more than the others. So I don't disagree with George there. And also, as you said, the demo sounds like shit. Like there's a buzz on the copies I've heard and like yeah. you can't like you can't separate that piano away from his voice back then. And you can now. you can hear the original version. EMI took them all down when they were deci- finally decided to release their version, the Beatles version, but like the day the Beatles version came out, they popped up again. So you could find it pretty easily um, yep. to see what we're talking about. Um, yeah, the, the 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 quality, the audio quality was terrible. Um, but you know, I just I just wish George, you know, gave it a chance. <laughs> it didn't seem sure. Like, that's the thing. I, I mean, obviously, Absolutely. it wasn't going to sound as good as it does in twenty twenty three. You know, but I, I I don't know. I I just wish he gave it a shot. He's like, hey, we're the we're three fourths of the Beatles. We could we could polish this turd. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't say that. Um, no. The thing is, his family, and that means his wife Olivia, his widow Olivia, and his son Danny, uh, claimed that his George's objections were limited to the demo's vocal quality. Okay. In any event, they did have to sign off on it, and they did. And I assume Yoko as well. Um, haven't heard a word from Yoko about this song. Um, she's retired upstate New York these days. Uh, I don't know, but I assume she had to give the A-OK. Um, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and um, there's some quotes from Paul McCarty about AI, because back in June, he he said AI had been used to complete the last Beatles song, and people were like, what? And they freaked out. They're like, oh, he's using artificial intelligence, and oh, boy. Uh and, like, Peter Jackson stoked that fire after Now and Then came out. He's like, oh, this doesn't have to be the last Beatles song. Like, yes, it is. Shut up. Yes, <laughs> get, just stop. Yeah. We're done. We're get, done. Go back to uh, Shireville, whatever the fuck Lord of the Rings is based on. How about you just raid the archives for, mm-hmm. like, video? Because I think everyone wants to watch that stuff. Get off your rich butt and find Carnival of Light. How about that? Okay. I'm, I would love to hear Carnival of Light. I'm sure it's terrible, but I want to hear I don't care. No, but honestly, like, I'm very happy that Peter Jackson's, like, involved with all this, because he, cle- like, yes. he clearly cares, and he's done some, you know, fant- he's, so far he's done a wonderful job with all the material he's been given. I can't wait to find out, like, you know, he's going to milk this cow for forever. <laughs> like, 
Right. And that's fine. I'm excited about that because I'll, you know, I'll, I'm a sucker. I'll watch it. Of I don't course, care. So will I. The thing, yeah. but, but what Paul meant in June was that they used the technology for Get Back, the documentary, where they were able to separate the guitar and the voices, and they used yep. it on John's crappy demo tape. And yes. um, the artificial intelligence was P- Peter Jackson's neural network called MAL, Machine Assisted Learning, a- the AI. And it was named after the Beatles road badger, Mal Evans. I think that's really cool. Absolutely. <laughs> Who has a book coming out? He does somehow. Uh, Kenneth Womack wrote, uh, I believe it's a two-parter, and the first and the, this book is 560 pages. Um, it's probably out by the time you're listening to this, and I'm probably going to read it in one day. Uh, we've been looking forward to this since the, before we were born. Uh, when Val was uh, writing his memoirs, he was the only one who got. Um, uh, permission from all four Beatles to write about the Beatles um, within their circle, yep. I should say. Um, but yeah, Mal, <laughs> like Hal, but it was like, I can't, he only gives you anvils. You know, I can't let you do that, Paul. Have an anvil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want an anvil, that's, Mal. I can't that's let you funny. do that. So there you go. Um, now, it's interesting that Paul hasn't brought this up. Um, this story, I don't, I don't know if you've read this yet. Um, I did. Yeah. So Carl Perkins, um, in February 1981, so like less than two months after John Lennon's assassination, Paul was recording Tug of War, his new album, on the Caribbean island of, Mon- of Montserrat. It sounds like monster rat the way I said it. It's probably we should we should point out for people who don't know who Carl, Carl Perkins is like you know very famous loose weight shoes uh, yeah country musician mm-hmm. early rock and roller. So Carl Perkins uh, was invited to appear on the album. He deeply appreciated the invitation and the few days spent there. To show his gratitude, he wrote a song called "My Old Friend," which contained the words "Now and Then," echoing John's last words to Paul. What? So this is Carl Perkins talking. I sang it for Paul at about 10 the next morning. He said, Carl, it's beautiful. Would you sing it again? And I said, sure, man. He said, wait just a minute. And he got Linda in there, and they sat on the floor. I sat on his old Fender twin reverb amplifier with a guitar. I did, however, notice a microphone over there. I didn't pay that much attention to it, but George Martin recorded it, and after I finished singing this on the Paul, he was crying, tears rolling down his pretty cheeks. And they're pretty to me, just like they are to the rest of the world. I think he's a very handsome boy and always did. He's even handsomer when he's crying. Okay, Carl. Anyway. Weird. So Linda said, Carl, thank you so much. I said, Linda, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. She said, but he's crying and he needed to. He hasn't been able to really break down since that happened to John. And Paul uh, stepped out of the room, out by the pole, and he just had his handkerchief out and he was going at it. And And Linda put her arm around me and said, but how did you know? I said, no, what, Linda? I don't know what you're talking about. She said, there's two people in the world that know what John Lennon said to Paul, the last thing he said to him. Me and Paul are the only two that know that, but now there's three, and one is you. You know it. I said, girl, you're freaking me out. I don't know what you're talking about. She said the last words that John Lennon said to Paul in the hallway of the Cody building were, he patted him on the shoulder and said, think about me every now and then, old friend. And she said, here you are. That's what you just sang. And how did you know? And I said, I didn't know it. 
I didn't know it. But McCartney really feels that Lennon sent me that song. He really does. That was Carl wow. Perkins from an interview with Goldmine Magazine in 1996. Do you know when that was, when the last time the two of them were together? It's probably, probably in 1980. Okay, it was in 1980. Paul would would visit him a lot to the point where John's like, you know, you have to, please call ahead in the future. Um, Yeah. John John claimed that he knows a million rock stars, but Paul was the only one. He knows that he can get in anywhere at any time. Like he used, his face was his passport, you know? Yep. He was very impressed. Still is. It still is. Um, yeah, so that's freaky, and Paul has not brought it up in uh, this 2023 in the media rollout. Um, but yeah, clearly this is very important to him, and uh, I'm happy he finally got this out. Yeah, I, I mean, he, it seemed like this was something he's like he was upset that it wasn't done the first time. And I don't know if that was something that was communicated to Ringo or especially George, Mm -hmm. when George is the one who really didn't want to move forward with working on it. Um, But yeah, obviously that's weight on him. And, you know, because we're here in 2023 and he's just finished it or just, you know, weaseled away to get it done. Yeah. Um, how do you move on from that? Like this. So the, uh, yeah. the, ver- the verse they cut out uh, was uh, what John sings, I don't want to lose you, abuse you, or confuse you. And Ben Lindbergh at The Ringer pointed out that, you know, among other things, the fact that the song was too long, it, it's important because it's interesting to cut that part out because of John Lennon's history um, yes. with women, what he says, abuse you. Um, although... We noticed that Paul just started a, a new world tour and getting better is on the set list. <laughs> Which is weird. That's weird. Hmm. I don't know. It's wild stuff. Um, did you see the music video for Now and Then? Which came out the I day after the I did. Song? I did. Yes. You're smiling. Because <laughs> it's, it's weird. It is weird. It, it's almost off-putting, but it doesn't quite get there. But I only saw. I was only able to watch it once. You know. I only watched it once too. The yeah. thing that I was struck the most by, and this is probably like the weirdest thing to be struck by at all, is that Ringo and Paul were never in the same room. <laughs> they were greens. They were both recorded this separately, which I would think you wouldn't want to do, considering like they're the only two left. Like, I understand that, like, yeah, you can, you know, the whole just remoteness of this, like, clearly they never, like, worked on this together in the same room. Like, they, Paul just called Ringo up and said, hey, here's the tracks, can you drum on this? And they shipped it off, and then that was it, and this is how we're, you know, completing the last Beatles song, which I think is unfortunate. And that kind of just was more solidified for me at, in watching the music video, where it was very clear that he, like, they were both green screened in. It's funny. They uh, and also I thought you were gonna say also Ringo's wearing a shirt with his face on it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what's luck going on with Ringo? Peace and love. <laughs> peace and love. Peace and love. Um, but he sounds great. His drums, I have to say, like I complained about his drums a lot for the other two tracks. Mm-hmm. They sound pretty good here. I was very happy with oh, how good. they were recorded. Good. I'm glad. 
Thanks. Yeah. So yes, this uh, now and then will appear as the as on the 1967-1970 album, aka the Blue album, on the uh, Red and Blue compilation album. Um, is it going to be after Surf Wax America, or is it going to be um, before My Name Is Jonas? Uh, Hashpipe, actually. Oh, ha- on Hashpipe. Thank you. The, uh, that was for the Greed album. I apologize. <laughs> That doesn't work. Uh, no, it's going to be after Pork and Beans, is what you're Oh. Oh. Beverly Hills, perhaps. That was on a black one. That was on Make Believe. Oh, I apologize. I like Make Believe. Yeah. I would go I liked, Maladroit, I liked Make, Believe. Make Believe, Pinkerton, the rest. No, I, Blue Album, Green Album. After Blue? Okay. Hurley's probably last. Hurley's the worst. <laughs> Red Album. Oh, no. And there's another one that's pretty bad. Ratitude's pretty bad. Right. That was my that was my most asshole ish uh, uh, music review when I was doing college radio. Oh yeah, I wrote two words: career suicide. I think you brought this up before, but I forgot I it was for gratitude. It was gratitude. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering, um, just to like really bring it back. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to do the um, <laughs> remix uh, "Freeze a Bird" and uh, "Real Love" in the same way. Well, um, I don't. Real know. love could really be improved. Like both, they both vocals could be vastly improved by this mal technology. And I mean, clearly, Paul has no problem redoing piano parts. Absolutely. So. Um, I don't think those songs though are on the double CD compilation album, Red of, okay. the Red and Blue. Um, but it's it's interesting. Like I was reading up on the history of this, um, and. It turned out it was Alan Klein's one good thing that he did as manager of the Beatles, and he was fired a few weeks later. Um, it came out in 1973 because um, there there was a bootleg double CD compilation mm-hmm. of the Beatles that was about to come out, and it was advertised on TV, on ABC. Like, I don't know how... The Sodies, man. Anything could go. Yeah. So Alan Klein's like, oh, we got to beat him to it. And what's funny is... There's no George Harrison songs on the first CD or the first Very little. record um, from 1962 for 1966, the Red Album. No George Harrison, and I turns out that George, John and Paul couldn't be bothered with the track listing, so George George decided not to put George stuff in. Wild. Yeah, and now they've rectified it. They've changed the track listing. Now there's plenty of George, almost. Too much, maybe, in, in 1962 for 66. Um, they've all been uh, remixed, remastered, I should say. And I I might come out, I think it's coming out tomorrow. Um, the, okay. When, when we're recording this on Thursday night, uh, November 9th, 2020. It'll definitely be out before the holidays. I think it's out tomorrow because I heard today on the SiriusXM Beatles channel, they're having celebrities introduce each track. From the red and blue album, the new red and blue album. So, okay, there cool. You go. Um, yeah, I think what wasn't it like um, that there were, it was Alpha and Omega or something were going to be the. It was something like that. Also, the story yeah, of the Beatles the was going to be the bootleg. It probably came out anyway, but uh, yeah, why not? Lost to time. Yeah, why not? <laughs> get get your ass sued by Alan Clyde. Who hasn't? I. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sounds like an average Thursday night to me. <laughs> that's right. What year is it? Oh yeah, Alan Klein. 
Sue be Sue you blues, as George Harrison put it. Uh, love count. One. Hey. Yeah, we got a love in there. Lovely. Josie Scale, is this song better than your love by the outfield? I feel terrible about this, but I'm afraid it's a Josie. I'm going to agree with you and give it a Josie as well. Um, I do have a side question, though. Where do you rank it in the Threedles <laughs> realm? Um, well, this is a Toodles. <laughs> or Toodles, but, I mean, like... like I, know, just, I know what you let's, mean. Let's uh, just combine them together. Okay, I think it's in the middle. Real Love is first, by far. Yep. And then Now and Then and Free as a Bird. I agree. Oh, cool. But you gave them all Josie's. <laughs> I did. Yes. Because they're, I mean, again, like, what, how can you possibly compare it to, like, the rest of the catalog? It's definitely a postscript. That's why we're it's here. <laughs> I know. It's definitely a postscript, and that's fine. Yes. But I'm, oh. like, I, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised at how, like, I've gone back to to now and then more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. And I've definitely gone back more than I have to um, Real Love and Free as Bird. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, I'm not tired I think, of it. I think I'm... And I do no, I'm not... T- yeah. I'm not tired of it yet either. It's more just like, I think I just kind of marvel at it, to be honest with you. Right, you're more... It's just like... Yeah, you can't help but focus on like the technology that enabled that, this to happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, I like it more and more. So, but I don't think I'll ever get to a yeah. But I'll let you yeah. know, let you all know if that happens. You'll be the first to know, audience. Um, well, and we can, you know, they they may they may hear us talk about that at some point. Oh yeah, I guess we should mention. Um, we're gonna keep milking this gravy train. <laughs> yeah. Wait, milk in this <laughs> gravy cow? I don't... Hmm. Riding this gravy train? Putting the gravy train on mashed potatoes? <sighs> I don't know. Um, so, I think, Well, I think as, a, as Pink Floyd put it, now you're riding the gravy train. Okay. Well, this isn't a Pink Floyd podcast. Or is it? Ladies, no. We... <laughs> um, listen, the story of the Beatles, it, it continues past... For you, blue. If it continues past 1969, my friends. So we're going to cover, I we believe, um, every solo work. And no, we are not masochists. We're not going to do it song by song. Uh, in some cases, we will not do it album by album. Some albums deserve their own episode. All things must pass. Some albums yes. do not. God Trapo, for example. Uh, no offense to your, your big or George fans. Bicoop, b- Bicoops of Blues. Oh, well, oh, Ringo. Um, I like the title track, actually. But, even though I still don't know what Bicoops is, and I looked it up already, and I do not remember. In any event, uh, yeah, so hopefully you guys, uh, and gals, and, will listen. Uh, otherwise, we'll be talking to ourselves, which we probably would do anyway, but what do yeah. you do? Okay. So we'll see you eventually. I don't know when, but we'll be back. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a holiday special. Uh, so that should hopefully come out before the new year. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, we'll see you when we see you. Peace and love. We'll see you now and then.
The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.